Welcome to Gay Peace Journeys Podcast. My name's Brian. And I'm Paul. And we'll get going in three, two, one. Let's take a moment and visualize what we're trying to get across to people and that we want to talk from our spirit and our soul and our core. And again, feel the energy. Send your tap roots down from your root chakra into the ground. And just feel it like running into the earth and pulling the nutrients and the, the energy of the earth up and into you and up through you and right out through your crown chakra and just feel that energy flow for just a minute and just breathe. Welcome everybody to our second episode of the Gay Peace Journeys podcast. My name is Paul. And my name is Brian. And today we have a new topic and um, we want to talk a little bit about manifesting peace. It kind of correlates with our website. <laughs> so we just thought that that would be a good way for us to get started. So um, the first thing we want to talk about is acquiring peace and some of the major roadblocks that we encounter in that. So um, I guess the first one, Brian, we want to talk about a little bit is ego, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I've always found that for me, when my ego gets out of balance, either too high or too low, and I'm looking down at people or I'm looking up at people feeling less than, that I always seem to have um, difficulties in maintaining any other type of balance because I'm causing issues that are forming retaliations or I'm letting people walk on me and I'm over obligating and right. You know, it just, it's, well, let's remember that our ego is there to protect us. That's what it does. Okay. And so when it's in overdrive, it's because your guard is up. You are protecting yourself from something. It's a defense mechanism. It's how you're dealing with the environment oh, exactly. around you. Yeah. So the key there when it's elevated like that is to figure out where that's coming from what is threatening you what is causing that issue and once you've isolated that you can use your rational mind to ask yourself is this something i need to be worried about is this something that should be stressing me out or is this something that i've created in my mind that is just blown out of proportion sure we need to we need to put a value on it what's it really worth to my Emotional sobriety today, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. is it going to kill me? Yeah. If it is going to kill you, you should probably worry about it. <laughs> a little bit anyway. Yeah. If it's um, just something that you have created in your head to worry about, then consciously tell yourself, I'm going to let this go. So that also kind of correlates with another one of our topics under acquiring peace is letting go of fear. Because, I mean, fear is a main driver and it can really set us set the tone for everything if we're in that fight or flight mode or we're you know afraid constantly then we aren't really able to reach out and enjoy our lives that we're meant to have absolutely fear can be crippling um you can be totally paralyzed with fear i've been there before uh, as part of my anxiety it's not a good place to be um and the only way to get out of that hole so to speak is to is to rationalize in your brain, like I was saying, and, you know, to figure out whether that fear is real or something your mind has made up. Like playing that tape all the way to the end. Like, how, how is this really going to benefit me? What, what are the payoffs here? What, what am I investing? And, you know, looking at what we would lose if we just pursue that path. Um, I find for me that on a daily basis, setting an intent, like um, 
not living my life in happenstance and letting the consequences that occur set the tone of how my day is going to be. And one of the first things I do when I wake up is I, I get in contact with who I am before I even get a shower. And, and I just sit there and I make a conscious decision that today I'm going to have a good day. Because if I don't, then like I said, I'm at the whims of consequence, of happenstance, of the traffic on my way to work. And whatever that is, is going to kind of play in with wherever I've been while I was in my unconscious mind during my sleep cycle, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's the benefits of manifestation. You are putting good thoughts into your subconscious therefore you're going to get good results back exactly i think finding that balance is very important uh, about where i want to go and how much i'm going to invest in the things that are occurring to me i, I think that like i've been through a lot of pain you know the in the last couple of years i had a lot of physical pain that i was dealing with and what i found was even though i was enduring that i could still make a decision that i was going to have a good day and i did have good days even though you know, if I wouldn't have done that, I would probably look at them as being like really horrific because I had that intent in there. I think it was very important. So I know that we, um, we project the need for, for meditation. Why don't you tell us a little bit as, um, how meditation has improved your quality of peace in your life? Well, my journey with meditation has changed along the years um for a long time i used meditation as an escape where i would uh literally get out of my mindset and go somewhere else which is good it's a positive thing sure. it's what i wanted to do but at the same time i had my blinders up so to speak and uh, i wasn't letting in so much positive energy or thoughts that you know my mind was thinking about um i was just escaping so lately i've learned to accept those thoughts as they come in during my meditations as well and deal with them um, actually process them which has been hugely beneficial um, so meditation is is a a big topic we're going to have to do a whole oh, episode absolutely. on that i i find for me that when i first started meditating it was three minute with an egg timer right sitting just sitting and trying to just clear my mind and keep it clear and as the things would come in just just go back to my breathing and just try and focus on letting everything just pass right, right? and just pass through and what i found the the main benefit i found for me was i i believe that i had so much backlogged stuff that when something would happen to me i didn't feel it in real time I, unless it was extremely tragic or dramatic um i would feel it a couple days later i found like when i would write things down that were important in my life that a couple days after that i would actually have the backlash from it but i think the the normal cycle and practice of meditation <clears throat> excuse me um allowed those feelings to get more real time and i think the more i practice that the the closer to now i get and i think that's when we really find happiness is when we're living in the now yeah absolutely and i think that you hit the nail on the head there you know meditation is it's a a practice and that's what we have to do practice it and get better at it and evolve with it um when you first start you're not going to have the same results as when you're have been doing it for oh, two sure, years it, sure. it evolves and it gets better for you and uh you learn what you can get from it 
Um, but the important thing is that you try and that you do it and that, you know, you may have an unsuccessful attempt the first few times, um, you know, where you're totally unable to clear your mind, but that's okay. You've slowed your mind, you know, that's, sure. a, that's a good process. That's a good start. I think also, um, another thing that really helps me in acquiring peace is finding acceptance with where I'm at. And I, I think a lot of that is being realistic about the things that are occurring in my life and, and understanding, accepting them for what they are, that they're nothing personal, that this is something that is occurring and finding my place with that and not having to feel ownership of resolving how it's going to impact everyone in my life and just acceptance of myself, of my scenario, of my current life situation and like things external to me without feeling that ownership, I think is important. Mm -hmm. Observing it. Yes, be an observer. I think that's a, a huge thing. And again, that's a whole topic in itself, especially going through um, being a caregiver, the, the ability to just um, observe and, and be present for someone else is, is huge. So um, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about when we find peace within ourselves. What does that look like for you, Brian? Um, what are some of those factors? Uh, the factors in finding peace with yourself, well... You know, we have a lot of internalized things uh, like shame, for example, in my own case, you know, uh, our backgrounds with you know, being bullied and all that come into play. Um, we have a lot of those things internalized. So um, dealing with those internalized fears or shame or whatever you've internalized uh, from bullying uh, is a Oh, is, sure. is important to deal with. And I know that we both had violence that's occurred to us because we were gay um, throughout our lives. And, and I think you had an incident when you were young, right? I had a few incidents, yeah. You know, at the time, I was so ashamed of being gay that, you know, I never presented it as being attacked for being gay because I was, you know, ashamed, you know. So it was as far as... The police knew because the police were involved. It was just bullying, you know. It wasn't a hate crime at the time, but, you know, and it actually went to court and there was a legal battle and, uh, you know, a lot of that was internalized in myself, you know. Uh, was I, you know, did I deserve this because I was gay? You know, a lot of those questions in a sure. kid's mind come up. You know, so well, I, th I think it's important to realize that the things that happened to us when we were young set a stage, right? It, it set the environment and it, you know, I, I believe our belief systems, whether they're fear based or religious based or spiritual based are based on experiences that we've had like panes of glass. And, you know, we have to go back and examine those in order to shatter it, to let something more stable come into play. And I think that um, going back through the bullying and the violence that we've experienced uh, the bullying when I came out and you went out into a gay bar or, or to that part of town, there were cycles of cars that just rode around the bars bashing people constantly. Yeah, that was every gay bar in the USA. Yeah, there you were had people. to have someone walking with you or they would literally jump out of the car and beat you and or use megaphones on the corner and just jeer horrible stuff at you. Um, I one time got a whiskey bottle upside the back of my head from a passing vehicle because I was walking down the street with my boyfriend in the middle of the day and we weren't holding hands or anything. We were just walking. But, um, those things do set a stage as far as like, you know, constantly being in a fight or flight mode and, and having to feel like every time we go out the house that, 
you know, we have to be prepared that we may have to do battle. And, and I think that a lot of gay people feel like they're always having to fight. I remember waking up and just feeling like I don't have the energy to fight this today or to fight with everyone today. And, um, yep, I can relate. I, I think having to maintain that defensive posture all the time, um, it's exhausting. It is exhausting. And, and understanding that people are afraid, man. Like, they, it's not just us that are afraid. They're afraid because they don't understand and they, they don't, they're being told something to believe this. And a lot of them don't ever question it. They just go along with it. But um, what about hiding? Like, uh, our experience with having to hide in regards to that, to fit in, to. Yeah, well, you know, all that stuff builds up in our subconscious, you know, and, um, we never let go of that. So for me, uh, particularly the only place I felt safe was when I was alone, you know, so, um, yeah. it's, you know, part of the ego. I'm protecting myself by being alone, by escaping people, by getting away, which was what we talked about. Meditation earlier was a great escape for me. Um, it's evolved into something more than that since then. But, um, you know, that's what the process was for me was, you know, escaping to get away from the internalized homophobia that was being fed to me that the homophobia that was being fed to me that I was internalizing. I should well, say I mean, you had to, again, posture against that. So we would change pronouns whenever we talk about our relationships or a date or something with someone that was straight. That's true. That's something that you never hear of today. Uh, you know, I don't know, maybe kids that aren't out that are talking to their parents may do that still. But yeah, we would all often say, you know, uh, my girlfriend did this when we were really meaning our boyfriend, just so that we could, you know, uh, avoid the shame and avoid bullying and avoid, you know, being abused, basically. So well, sure, especially in a work scenario, right? I mean, like, cause it, I've been in jobs in the last decade that I had to sign contracts where I would not discuss speaking about being gay. Mm -hmm. in my job environment and um, I mean there's more protections in place now than there yep. were then but. because being gay was such a horrible thing that um, you know companies were afraid that you know you would be uh, it would be used against you you know um, people would what's the word I'm looking for they would uh, discriminate yeah yeah I mean they, they can't help but feel and think differently about something they don't understand even at a low level even even if they are understanding there's still that part of them that's always gonna have that right yeah um, and, and, you know, I think another thing as far as like that set the stage for being difficult for me is, uh, you know, being a Generation Xer, we came out when we were coming out, the AIDS, dem, you know, the the AIDS epidemic was peaking, right? Because it was it was hitting, it was hitting hard. It was killing our community. People were going in the hospital chronically. Um, yeah, it was a horrible time yeah. to grow up as a gay person and as a gay man. And um, the AIDS epidemic compounded the the shame immensely. Oh, sure, with the religious backlash alone, right? Yeah, people were getting what they deserved as a lot of the religious philosophies. Yeah, and I, I remember at the time I was still being present in church, even understanding that I was in conflict with a lot of things. I wasn't discussing it there, but I, I do remember... Um, asking for prayer for someone and when they found out you know after the service the the director's wife came up to me and said well what's wrong with your friend and i said well he he has hiv and 
And she goes, oh, that's just God's punishment, you know. And, and I, I remember thinking and feeling like, and this was, this was someone that I always believed was one of the most dearest and sweetest people ever. But she just had that automatic response. It's like she didn't even think, and I didn't go back to that church. Yeah. You know, and, and that, that caused a lot of issues there. But even in the medical community, I mean, I remember my friend being sick and, you know, when we would call for an ambulance, if they knew why they were coming and they knew that it was AIDS or HIV or it was related, a lot of times they just didn't even show up. We had to, like, get our friends to the hospital ourselves. Or when we go to visit them, there would be all of this... They, they acted like they were on a Mars mission the way they would dress, even though they knew that it couldn't be contracted through the air at the time. Yeah. Um, they put big signs on the door. And a lot of times, like I remember going in, their food would be sitting outside like for a couple meals where it had never even been brought in. And um, that was that was difficult. Yeah. A, a medical story that comes to my mind is, uh, you know, I had chronic ear infections ever since I was a kid. And then when I was an adult, um, I went to an ear, nose, throat specialist at, uh, and you know, he asked me point blank if I was gay and I said, yes, I was. And, uh, which took a lot of guts for me cause, uh, but I figured I was talking to a medical professional, you know, and, uh, I should be honest. And, uh, his response was, oh, you probably have AIDS because you have these chronic ear infections, which I had had since I was a kid, yeah. you know? And that wasn't the case at all. And then, you know, to compound that, make it even worse, you know, he had no idea of how to get tested, where to get tested or, you know, anything. So he put that thought and that fear in my head that I had AIDS. So I spent a lot of my uh, younger years thinking, oh, I probably have AIDS, you know, um, and didn't know where to go to get tested and or, or, or any of that. Well, you know, and a lot of that fear is even still propagated today. We still can't give blood if they know you're gay. Yeah. Like they, they still won't take it, even though they're testing everything and it, it just doesn't matter. You know, you're gay. And even, even when, you know, um, more cases were being developed within like the female population of the black community, it was, they still, they didn't stop black women from giving blood. But yeah. They, you know, gay men. Definitely. Absolutely. So, um, other, other factors, I guess, uh, that, that caused a lot of stress for us it, within the community and the LGBT plus community itself i mean there were covid factors that were involved with that right yeah definitely covid's a factor and all that i mean that that definitely um to me caused a lot of stress and and difficulties in trying to be calm whenever you saw how issues were being treated in a public manner versus uh what your beliefs were and and how you know yeah. looking out for each other and those type things and, and how people felt about, well, those people deserve to die because they, they weren't that healthy to begin with, kind of. Yeah, so a lot of those internalized fears that we had from HIV and AIDS, uh, they, they re resurfaced. reared their ugly yeah. heads during the COVID pandemic because, um, you know, it brought up a lot of the same issues and feelings, you know, and, and uh, a lot of the gay community I know feels like, you know, how come they still don't have a cure for AIDS, but, you know, they were able to find a, you know, a, a shot for COVID in, in a year, you know, and oh, yeah. a viral infection and that's persistent. So, yeah, that's a very interesting point. We could probably go on with that after some more research. But yeah. uh, I, I think some of the things that we probably want to talk about is how we overcome these aspects in our lives. And <clears throat> I, I have to say that I try to look at events whenever I'm uncomfortable in my own skin 
as an opportunity that the universe has given me to realize that there's something there that needs healing. And, and even with the feelings that I had with, um, with COVID and how it reflected back to when we came out and those kind of issues that resurfaced for me, it gave me an opportunity to start healing those, those events in my life in modern day. So I, I think some of the main things that I found was there was counseling available, like the gay center had counseling that, and I, I went and spoke with someone and I did counseling over, you did counseling over the phone, I believe with a professional and, and just being able to have an ear that, that was an outward perspective that could give you an honest feedback. I think that's huge important. Yeah, I agree. Um, I can't stress enough how important it is to talk to someone when you're at that point in your life, when you really need to. Even if you're just questioning, do I need to talk to somebody? That's usually an indication. Yeah, you do. It's it's time. Yeah. Because things happen to us mentally, internally, that we don't even understand or know that's happening. Um, and we just accept it as a normal process in life when it's yeah. probably just the way our gears are turning based on a fear that we learned and set that pain in Yeah, class. defense mechanisms are kicking in and, uh, you know, you're not... You're not your true self when, you know, you're having issues like that, for sure. Yeah. And I also found that, you know, there's there's groups that's being offered in the gay community um, that are there for grief, um, there for healing, there for, you know, getting in tune with my own skin type things. Um, yeah. It's always comforting to talk to somebody that knows what you're going through, can relate to you. Um, it's almost... A disconnect when you're talking to somebody that doesn't get it, you know, um, it's like maybe there is something wrong with me because these people don't understand what I'm going through, you know, so you Absolutely. need to find the right group and the right people that can relate. Again, and I think that, you know, going back to uh, being at peace with thing is is accepting that I don't have to change the landscape to be part of it. Right. And, and that it's not all about me. This is happening to everyone. And COVID was actually happening to everyone in the world. People were having their own trials and, and issues with that. Um, so I, I feel that like my meditation practice definitely assisted with that. And how do you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? Anytime you get to know yourself and understand yourself better is uh, is a step in the right direction to healing and happiness. And, and for peace itself, I found that um, finding a connection with the universe, something, if you want to call it a higher power, a good orderly direction, God, uh, if you will, as an acronym, or or God, you know, depending on whatever belief you may have, as long as it's fostering a spirituality within myself so that I can get that balance between, you know, my mind, my body, my emotions, and my spirit, something that can pull all those into a cohesive form. Um, I think that that's a very important aspect as well. Yeah, and I, just the thought that came to my mind now is, um, you know, looking for spirituality outside of yourself can be complicated because you never find any religion or even spiritual group that believes everything you believe. You have to go internalized and understand yourself from the inside out when you're dealing with spirituality. I think for the last point, Brian, that I would like to make is as gay people, we have a unique opportunity to look at the nature of things and to not just have to accept things status quo. I believe that we've always had to question the nature of who we are and, and what the normative is uh, just to find the normal availability to be okay with ourselves. Yeah, agreed. Um, 
we had to learn how to think outside the box, think for ourselves, um, and we did not fit into any pre-prescribed scenario, uh, lifestyle, or life, and um, in doing so, we've learned a lot. Yeah, and I think it, it gives us an we're used to having that as it's a unique skill set that I think a lot of people don't have. And that's why a lot of people just buy into whatever they're being told as this is the way it is. This has to be correct. So mm-hmm. why would it's, they tell e- us it's easier just to accept something that somebody says and go, uh huh. Yep. That's yeah. what it is. Then it is to actually question it, do the work and you know, search your soul for it to understand. Uh, it's easier just to accept it at point blank and go, yep, that's the way it is. I think for me, the point I was missing in that was that I never took that opportunity to go back through the painful aspects in my life and to actually analyze them the way that I do everything else now. And I have the skill set, but I didn't have it when it was originally occurring because there was nothing to compare it to. It was just I was the one that was wrong and outside the box. And now knowing that I'm not that unique and that, you know, I have a tribe. Mm-hmm. Has, has been something that has fostered that healing process for me and allowed me the opportunity and the strength to go back and revisit those scenarios and, and to right the wrong, shatter that belief system and build a new structure yep. that's a lot more sound. So that's a skill you've developed and now you're a superhero. No, I'm just saying that I, I think a lot of the meditation practice after I made those epiphanies mm-hmm. was very important to be able to... Uh, bring about the ability for me to be content yeah but i'm not joking uh that is a strong ability and it does make you superhuman in some ways you uh you're able to help other people because you can process like that yeah well i think that we all have that capacity and that that's my point is because we are not norm Mm -hmm. you know what the the large percentage of americans or the world may be um we we have a unique ability to have a different perspective. And I think that that isn't abnormal. That is definitely that strength that we're, we're hitting on here today. Yep. So um, I, I think that we've pretty much ran out of time for the day, but this is definitely a topic we'd like to pursue further in other episodes. Yeah. So. And, you know, um, our next couple episodes, we're going to have some fun topics. I know this one got a little deep at it times, but, um, you know, stay tuned. Please check us out uh, at gaypeace.com. We're going to have some happier things happening and uh, have some fun too so absolutely uh don't forget to check out gaypeace.com and peace out thank you for listening to gay peace journeys don't forget to visit gaypeace.com and manifest peace by making